Hey, what's going on? Jason Bay here. You can call me Jay Bay. You're listening to Blissful Prospecting. Thanks for tuning in with me today. Um, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, I really believe that outbound is a game of odds. Saying in order to get better results, you have to get better at making decisions on how you decide to communicate with prospects through your cold emails, your cold calls, and your LinkedIn messages. So I'm on a mission to help reps and sales teams from companies like yours turn complete strangers into paying customers. And I'm not happy with the typical success rates out there of 1% of your emails turning into a meeting or you know, 1.2% of your cold calls turning into a positive conversation. I'm here to really help you reverse that trend and give it way better results. So today we're talking to uh, a guy, Jason Sirota. And Jason is a head of growth business development at Adobe North America. And today we're talking about customer connection campaigns and customer service oriented outbound. Let's get to the episode. So I used to kind of go back and forth on this and you see a lot of talk on, on LinkedIn if you uh, consume content there, sales content. And it's this whole salespeople should think more like marketers. You know, what I think about is, you know, sales and marketing to me are, are, they're very similar. They're probably more similar than they are different, but the marketing, you know, kind of function is more about how to generate attention and capture leads. And the sales function is how do we convert those? And outbound is kind of this thing that sits in the middle of them because salespeople do outbound and outbound is probably more of a marketing activity than it is a sales activity. The only thing I can think of that makes it a sales activity, well, there's a couple things actually now that it comes to mind. One is it's typically done by salespeople, <laughs> right? And then two, the other thing is that, and it depends on if you're doing you know, mid-market enterprise, that kind of thing. It tends to be more one-to-one -one. and marketing is typically, typically a one-to-many activity, typically. So there's that kind of piece to it. So I guess the thing that I'm getting to here is I actually have changed a little bit of my outlook on that. And I do think that salespeople could think more like marketers and be more like marketers and really think about how do we really leverage marketing strategies and tactics to get our meetings. And one of those, Jason, is going to share with us. He's head of growth at business development at Adobe. Really cool company, obviously, doing some cool things. He's going to talk to us about this concept of three degrees of separation. So thinking about, I never really thought about this as a search parameter before, but thinking about your customers, customers, and partner ecosystem. So for example, if you work with company A, and you go on their website, and they talk about how they work with companies like B and C and D, you're going to reach out to companies B, C, and D and tell them that you work with company A. That's the most simple example I can think of. We're looking for who they talk about on their website that are their customers, but there's also their partner ecosystem. So there's companies that they partner with. There are also, if you're looking at distributors and the manufacturers that they distribute for, if you're looking at storefronts and retail, who their distributors and manufacturers, I mean, just there's so many layers to this web. And really, it's all about how do we do outbound in a way that's, that's much warmer, you know? So we're going to be talking a lot about that. Um, he's going to be talking a lot about storytelling and giving some examples on how they 
leverage storytelling and gift giving actually to get meetings. So I think you're really going to enjoy this one. So without further ado, let's get to the interview with Jason. So I was, uh, you know, which I like to do with everyone I interview, just you know, kind of poke around on LinkedIn, you know, that kind of stuff. You listen to a few interviews. I listened to a couple of uh, episodes here <laughs> on the, the uh, outreach podcast, that sort of thing. But uh, yeah. how did you get into sales? Got into sales. Um, honestly, I didn't realize it was sales, even though I wanted to do it my whole life. When I, when I growing up, I wanted to be television and film producer. Uh, okay. That was like my dream. Um, moved to moved to Hollywood to accomplish that and, and work my way up. Was a TV executive for Disney, um, selling TV TV ideas and stories to different buyers. And I never thought about it. I mean, I just I I knew it was it was selling, but I guess I didn't realize how much of sales it was. And I highly enjoyed it uh, and just leveraging stories um, in in making a big impact and, and you know showing know how powerful they can be um and then i transitioned into tech about four or five years ago um working for a startup called magento and then adobe acquired us um and in bdr leadership you know running uh their growth sector for commerce and i, I love it it's a lot of fun so you wanted to get into sales you said early no oh, I, guess I, oh, I didn't realize that like you know when you're growing up like you have this yeah. fantasy dream you know i wanted to um I wanted to, I mean, I wouldn't call it a fantasy, but my passion was film and television. I went to film and television school. Um, yeah. So I wanted to be a producer, but I never thought about it as sales, uh, honestly, but it actually is really, really much sales, um, honestly, because you're selling stories to different buyers um, is a huge part of the job, but also, you know, being creative and innovative within that. And I love technology as well. And I thought, oh, this is going to be, you know, these skills and I'm going to bring such a unique perspective um, to that business that I joined. And when I was kind of making that transition to another career path that I wanted to take, um, I knew it would be, I would be able to stand out because it was a very unique, you know, experiences I've had um, being able to tell certain stories, honestly, and being strategic and creative in that way as well. So from an outsider's perspective, it looks like a, kind of a 180 in terms of industries. But from what I'm hearing from you is it's probably pretty similar, actually. Uh, I think transitioning. it is. I mean, yeah. it's been a, yeah, honestly, the transition was pretty seamless, honestly, yeah. in my mind. I mean, aside from learning Salesforce for the first time, um, that was the only, like, the, just learning the technologies, which I make, you know, it's like a hobby for mine anyways, learning technologies. It was pretty seamless. Um, just because I, I knew how to, you know, write and, and copyright and, and communicate in the right way um, to grab people's attention. And that was a big part of when I was working in the entertainment industry is, is standing out. You know, someone's hearing 100 pitches in one day in person, and I had to be that one to stand out for, to grab to really make that impact for them to buy my idea. Very similar, but you're selling you have a product and you just got to make us tell the right story around it. Yeah. How does, how has storytelling sort of played into some of the stuff that you're doing now? What, uh, cause people talk a lot about storytelling and yeah. sales, but I don't think people really do it. <laughs> you know, I hear people a lot of talk question. about it, but I rarely hear it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, and this is a great, you know, good transition too, in terms of like how I think about outbound. And I think storytelling is the biggest thing, you know, think about every customer you have, 
is its own story. And then that's the way yeah. I think about it is people aren't leveraging these stories enough um, when they're talking about their customers and building those relationships, understanding, you know, how it helped them. You know, you, every individual customer can be its own outbound campaign. You could, you could literally for marketing, for sales, for prospecting in, depending on the size of growth, you know, business you are, that's pretty much an unlimited amount of campaigns in my idea, in my opinion. Um, if you kind of just phrase things in the right way and show what this company has done and how it's actually made an impact on their business, um, that's showing the value and that's part of storytelling. So is that a big part of what you work on with your reps then is, is that kind of a fundamental building block there is we just need to be able to tell stories first and just kind of talk through this stuff. Yeah. About our clients it, and know these client stories. Is that a kind of a good place to start? It definitely is. I think understanding and knowing your customers is, is really, really crucial. Um, mm -hmm. But when I, when I first started, it's really like understanding like who our ICP is and in the value we bring and then, and then pivoting, to our customer stories in, in knowing how, what, what value you bring and what it brought to them. Um, and how yeah. can that translate to somewhere you're going after and connecting those yeah. dots. And that, that definitely takes time is, is getting people to connect the dots and put things together of like how, you know, why, you know, when you're reaching out a prospect, like why them, and then why you're going to use this customer example. Uh, and that's something I, I honestly try to coach my team on is like, okay, like, why are you doing this? Why would you use that example? Why are you going, ask, ask yourself, why are you going after that prospect and why now? Um, those are great questions to ask when you're, when you're trying to be strategic about it. Yeah. Can you kind of unpack a little bit? What, do, what does a story need, you know, in an outbound email, or if you're talking about it in a cold car or whatever, what are the components of the customer story? Great question. I think really, really important customer story is finding a connection to that prospect. So it's not only like, you're not gonna tell the same version of the story to every prospect. You have to build a story to that specific prospect. So in an ideal scenario is pretend you have a, uh, one of your customers, for example, is a um, you know, manufacturing company, let's just say. They're, they're a big customer of yours. You know, and you're going after a group of prospects so the prospects, let's say you're going after are the dealers or distribution companies of the manufacturer who's your customer. The story you're telling is how you're helping the manufacturer that's really important to the prospect's business that you're going after. So finding those, those dots, how you can connect and build that trust within is really, really important um, because you got to think about how, what's the value you're going to bring and what's the impact that you're going to make on that prospect, but also like what's the familiarity that you're going to bring to them that they're going to let their guard down um, and not feel like it's coming off super salesy. And the way you do that is, is showing connections in, in something that is familiar to them and familiarity or something that's already important to them, like another company or another, you know, technology is going to help them more likely to either read it and then hopefully reply. Um, or want to just want to learn more about what you're doing with something else that's important to them as well. So the familiarity thing is kind of interesting. Is this part of the customer connection campaign, by the way, is it like is. looking for it these is. kind of webs of It's all about the, the webs. Yeah. That, that's yeah. kind of a big, <laughs> how I run all my campaigns is like, how do you connect the dots um, of familiarity to people? Uh, so yeah, one really powerful campaign that we've been running 
that we're scaling across our business. I, I call it, you know, the customer connection campaign. Um, I'll copyright that, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, it's something like, it, you know, finding what's your strategy. So like looking through all your customers, just pick one, going to their website, understanding like what are important parts of their business? Who do they work with? So like, for example, it could be, you know, um, maybe you are a consumer goods company and you, what, what, where can you buy that product? You know, even if it, and you, maybe those, that list of where you can buy it, those are the prospects you're going after. So it, there's just so many different ways to connect the dots. Um, but obviously like, it depends, you want to make it where it's more, most impactful. So let's, I wouldn't say, you know, I'm making this up, but let's just say like, it's a brand of cereal and, you know, they sell it at, you know, Target or Walmart, you know, obviously, and you're going after, I wouldn't say going after Walmart or Target because obviously they sell so many products. It's mm -hmm. gonna not gonna be as impactful if you say, hey, you carry our product, you know, like, or like something like that. Um, but it would have to be more specific. Um, on on like a smaller more like custom scale so i i feel like definitely like less is more when you're going about this and it, it, you don't necessarily have to have this huge list of connections to go through it um it can be you know 15 to 20 prospects for that campaign that it's going to be more personalized and more effective that way um not just throwing it out there to throw it out there yeah. we've found way more results that way Got it. So this web is kind of interesting. You know, if I was working with a company, what I might do is look at their case studies. Yeah. And see who are their customers are. Yep. Exactly. And their customers have B2B sales teams, which most of them will because they sell B2B in this example I'm thinking of. Those all become potential prospects for me where I could say I'm working with this company. There you go. And a, yeah. a lot of these companies have like, massive lists it's crazy like they yeah. public it's public like you can like if i pull up i'm like my computer like a manufacturing company they're like these are every dealer or distribution company and vice versa or if they're distribution company these are all the manufacturers we work with you know uh it's 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 so if you're looking if it's a big part of in sales and, and being or str bdr is sometimes finding a list is very challenging you know just go to someone's website on like their usually they can find there's a section for it and you can easily just that's your targeted web targeted list um and it's very specific so it gives you a lot of structure and guidance really easily yeah so are there any other examples that you can think of i i was thinking looking for a customer's customers their partners distributors manufacturers related to them. is there any other kind of interesting patterns you've found with your team when you're going through this and I think it's important also to give some context and that you're selling into mid-market. Um, and when you say mid-market, that's pretty big mid-market for you guys. It's like yeah. 25 mil to one bill, if I remember correctly from yeah, our last. So these are some decent sized companies. Decent, yes, exactly. But it, it can work for smaller as well. Um, yeah. we, we also sell to SMB what, you know, so it's really zero to, a, I mean, I think it could scale zero to a billion or even above a billion. I may think it's, it could, you can kind of, a use this model in any way. So it, it, it also could be thinking about, um, you know, obviously like complementary, you know, technologies that work well. That's like another example. So maybe a company is really like a, some, some technology, if it's an ERP, 
CRM is really specific technology is really, really important part of their business model and how they operate. Then in, there's different tools to find out what they're using, you know, let's say built with and whatnot or zoom info. Then you're telling that story, how our technology works well with that important technology to them and telling that story of how them together just makes your business business run that much more effective um, is really impactful. And we've seen it really, really great response rate that way. Interesting. Got it. So you're looking for these patterns and is part of the customer connection campaign looking for specific people that also have this connection or is it mostly just a way that you use to find accounts and then from there you're kind of starting from scratch? It can definitely, and be, it can definitely be people. I mean, I, I found there's different ways where you can search keywords in LinkedIn to see maybe they were a past user or customer of yours that have gone on to a different company. That's definitely a very popular way where you, it's kind of like finding, um, you know, fans of your product already. They were just haven't used it maybe in a few years, but they used to use it five years ago. You know, people yeah. who are familiar with who you are um, is definitely a way in as well. Are there any other interesting things you do with your team around finding a ways to make the connection a little bit warmer with the individual? Because that's a really good one. Past fan of the product. Is there anything else? Um, yeah, I would say another one could be, um, you know, finding like basically like, so when you're making it more of like a warmer situation um, and when you're calling the prospect and it doesn't sound like super cold. So I think having a reason for calling is super important. Um, not just calling and saying like, hey, I'm trying to sell you blah, blah, blah. So I think if you have a reason for calling, it could be, even if, even if it's just to like invite them to an event or get their opinion or feedback on another customer. So it could be, maybe you have, and this is another connection to like using your customers. So maybe like you, your customer has a website or, or some, you know, whatnot and you're calling you know you're introducing yourself hey you know i'm working with this customer that works with you i'm wanting to get your feedback on how they're doing this and it, has it been a great experience for you so almost like you're getting feedback like you're trying to make your customer better but also by doing that you're building rapport with them and over over by doing that and they're going to explain to you feedback for your customer i know i'm going all over the place but then they're going to start opening up of what they want and maybe some of their pain points naturally um, yeah. when you're not even calling about trying to get anything from them. You're like, you're just yeah. asking about how do I make my customer better? Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. So, okay. So that helps us kind of find. I can some explain that more in detail if that makes sense. I think it makes uh, like for me, I, I think I'm tracking it's, I reach out to a uh, customer uh, prospect we'll say prospect prospect. Old prospect. prospect um who is a user of my customer's product or is yeah. a client of theirs or a partner of theirs in some sort of way i'm going to reach out to the prospect and ask for feedback on behalf of my client yeah on how things are going yeah now that's interesting what now when it comes to the message because we got like kind of the targeting part down how do you go about formulating like, what does the campaign look like? Is it a series of emails, phone calls, social touches? Like, kind of what does the outreach campaign yeah. look like? And then we could talk about the message. No. It, so in terms of, like, the cadence or sequence, it's usually, like, 12 to 15 touches, you know, using, like, LinkedIn calling, emailing. Yeah. Um, we found it most effective, I would say, and also, like, 
using a gift giving like Sendosa or Alice as well. Most of our results have come, we've noticed from LinkedIn or the gift giving, you know, Alice as of lately, um, in terms of like what's working, what we've some, we've great, we have do have good responses from email, but I found um, those have been the most effective just because emailing is, can, people can get spammed so much. Um, LinkedIn and, and gift giving, you can, it's way, way more, it drives way more results to stand out as of lately. Yeah. But in terms of the messaging, it can easily be like, hey, you know, hi, who, you know, say hi, Kevin, you know, I noticed you're, you know, you're partnering with this company as their, you know, distribution company, um, you know, and you can say, we're working with them to create a, you know, better customer experience. Um, and is it, is it something that you would want to learn how we're doing it? You know, like very short and to the point, like we're working with them. This is, you know, we're helping them drive a better experience. Is, are you interested in learning how they're doing it? So by just getting to the point in, in saying something that's familiar or something that's really important to them or, or a company that they work with, they're going to read it and want to respond. Oh yeah. We would love to know that story of, Oh yeah. have how this company is doing this. Yeah. It's very simple and short, but it's been very, very effective. Yeah. The, the most important part, it sounds about this is just the social proof and the familiarity yeah. of I'm going to name drop a customer that I know they have and call out the connection between yeah. those two. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. So with LinkedIn, if we unpack that a little bit, how do you coach reps around LinkedIn? What kind of stuff are they doing with LinkedIn? LinkedIn, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think using the different LinkedIn sales navigator, or obviously using who are your customer, if they're, besides just with their, if they're posting and, and building that relationship and posting, you know, commenting on their posts, but I would feel like leveraging LinkedIn and seeing like, you know, are they following your company? Are you, when you're looking through, are they, you know, what's important to them? Sometimes when you see like their history of what they've done and kind of what types of companies they've worked for um, in industries, I think that's really, really important. Understanding what they know, it, you're going to kind of change your approach based on, you know, the industry, based on the persona. Um, is going to be totally different. So leverage, you can leverage LinkedIn in a lot of different ways. Um, I highly suggest you can load your, you know, your account list into LinkedIn and you can see like top of news, what's happening with that company. Um, and you can leverage that to your storytelling and seeing like what's happening, what they're doing um, and what's top of mind and what's most important to them at that moment. Um, there's a lot of time, you know, LinkedIn is a great resource in terms of seeing like what's, what's happening in that company itself. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think it's a great resource for sure. And then what is, how are they approaching people on LinkedIn? They're approaching it. I mean, you can easily, very similar to email. I mean, it, you're, you're yeah. in common, would, do you mean by approaching like, like LinkedIn messaging or, or. Yeah. You said they're having a lot of success on LinkedIn. I don't know. Uh, oh yeah. Sure. I guess that was I uh, like, like, are they booking the meeting through LinkedIn? Oh yeah. So the LinkedIn, yeah. so they're kind of taking our messaging and we're doing an emailing. Also, I feel like LinkedIn, it kind of forces, I don't know why, but I feel like it forces sometimes reps to be shorter in their messaging sometimes rather than email. So I think well, that's maybe. It feels more like texting, I think. Exactly. So, yeah. so I feel like that's a big part of it is there are naturally a lot of the reps are so much short, which I'm a big believer, like less is more and shorter and getting to the point. So I think that's yeah. been way more effective. Um, but it's also a way of people to stand out. So in their messaging, 
you know, talking about how like, hey, just to let you know, see if you got my email, um, seeing if you, you know, looking at familiarity, you can name drop like the customer or the partner that we work with and see if they're interested in learning more about it. Um, and then you can say, you know, I'm part of your account team. Um, we just want to introduce myself. So, you know, you, it depends on what the reason you're calling and the specific prospect, um, but it's definitely a great way in just because of how condensed everything is. Um, and it just break, helps break down some habits, I think, of people writing too long. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, an interesting kind of exercise, even with email is to think, you know, if you were going to text this prospect, what would you say? Oh my, Making I always look more like that, you know, you, know, I'm, you took the words out of my, like the one thing I always tell why well, I always joke about, like, I almost wish sometimes there, I could put a character limit, like someone's tweeting where like my <laughs> reps can't only, you only have a limit to say this in your message. Uh, yeah. like you like have that mentality. I think is going to yeah. be way more effective. Yeah, no, absolutely. So with LinkedIn is, are people sending connection requests? Are they sending emails or in-mails, excuse me? Like what are kind of this, some of the nuances that you see pe that people doing that's working? Oh yeah, no, of course. Um, highly recommend, you know, sending LinkedIn requests, uh, mostly using it for messaging, but sometimes I think it is definitely helpful sending blind, like either sometimes blind, sometimes with a message to see if someone accepts because maybe they're curious and they accept. And then it's kind of like if they accept a way in to, to message them. Um, yeah. So we definitely have found that effective. Um, but if, if you do have like someone, you know, mutually in common or if they're, you know, luckily, you know, my company with Adobe, you know, sometimes they're following our company online. Um, so we'll, we can talk about, you know, I see you're, you're following our company and wanted to sort of reach out, introduce myself. Um, or, you know, to, you know, I think it's such a more casual way of, of communication. So it's definitely, yeah. you can, you can definitely change your language up a little bit to be more casual in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. LinkedIn is, uh, it's, it's interesting. The, I, I think sales navigator, especially is so underutilized, you know, just the spotlight, yeah. you know, do you guys use team link at all with uh, sales navigator? We, we have not, we have not, but I know that's definitely, um, something we do want to use, but we have, as of lately, we have not. Yeah, I'm really interested. In Only one of my clients has has uh, has it turned on, I guess, or trains their reps around it. But it's kind of interesting how many people can help each other with introductions. To oh man, Especially I agree. Like you know, where you get thousands of reps out there. Yeah, it's and that's like one thing where I mean, for introduction, have you ever used uh, or heard of like you know Crossbeam with partners? No, or, no, I haven't. Oh, so that's something I love. And that's like, in terms of like finding like mutual connections, um, basically it's a way like you and a partner or, or another party can upload different accounts and see like what connections you both have oh, in common. Wow. It's, yeah. I love it. I highly suggest you can, there's a free version, like you can, and there's a paid version too, but suggest that's a great resource in training BDRs on it to be able to like find mutual connections when you're working with different partners to tack things together. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. That's pretty cool. It is very um, cool, yeah. So what are you guys doing with gift giving? That's another thing that I haven't done a lot of. Gift giving, I know. So gift giving has been definitely really, really powerful. It, it has, there's pluses and minuses to it because I think it, it can, it's all about, you know, timing and personalization. Sometimes it can definitely, if it's, you know, just like an email, like the generic and not, doesn't really, um, 
apply or it's kind of it comes off like really random and you're just trying to give them a gift for a meeting so i definitely don't suggest that um but leveraging it in the right way i think is important so sometimes if you've already been engaged with them um or if it's like you're having a lot of trouble and it's a way to open the door like hey you know here's depending on the scenario um recently like during the holidays it's been really really effective this year where it's like you know for the holiday giving like a holiday gift for for depending on the situation wanting to see if you want to connect before the holidays um so i i do find it effective and it, but you also have to to way to utilize it i think doing it with calls is really really crucial because i think it can come off as spam when you send yeah. a gift because like everyone's mind they're thinking like no one's giving something to me for free so it, yeah. if you have to call them and say you know this is not this is actually when following up on the gift if you're wanting to accept it also want to introduce myself so we found that it's it's most effective when you have a call right afterwards yeah so what kind of gifts do you send people great question um some yes alcohol uh that's definitely effective <laughs> but also i would say gifts could be you know sometimes on the on their like linkedin if, depending sometimes people put their hobbies so if they're really interested yeah. in or pictures or depending on how you do your research so maybe yeah. someone's posting they love to go fishing and you send them something about fishing it really depends on the scenario, like what you've seen, what they enjoy. You know, you can pretty nowadays you can Google anyone and find things that they might be might enjoy, like like. Um, but also, it's it's a fine balance because you don't want to come off like you know too much because I think that can come off too strong as well. Um, mm. So even if it's just sending something about, even though I don't suggest what I'm about to say, so it's counterintuitive. But even if it's just saying like sending something that's like related to their college they went to. Um, that people do like that, but yeah. I, I don't feel that's as effective in terms of like personalization and email saying like, you know, I see you went to this college, but I would say in, in gifts, it, it can be effective. I've done. Yeah. So the gift is just to get their attention. You still, there's still some work that's required there. Like there's definitely you know, a lot of work. The gift, it's, a, it's, an, it's another way to stand out and get their attention in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. hundred percent. Gotcha. Yeah, gift giving is interesting. And then do, do you just have the reps? Do they have like some sort of budget or something that they can do where they can spend a certain amount of money on a prospect? Yeah, there's a there's they, different themed campaign. There's different like, themed campaigns we run. Um, some are individualized based on like just like one-offs and some are with marketing. We're, we're doing a whole initiative saying like, you know, we're working with like an outsource agency let's just say for a, um, you know, uh, cooking lesson on, you know, giving a basket on story around one of our customers, you know, that could be one yeah. too, but, um, so it depends, but yeah, for sure. Love it. Um, anything else around the current customer connection campaign that you guys are running? Any other kind of tidbits, even yeah. from a leadership perspective that you've seen effective in just getting people to to do this because I think that's the hardest part, you know, especially when that organization starts to get pretty big. It's just getting getting everyone on the same page, you know. Definitely, and and love to dive into kind of like my process and, and kind sure. of how, why I run it the way I do. And, and um, so it all originates from from you know having sales and or BDR sales development, you know, leaders uh, think like marketers um, and. The way to do that is really run your business like marketing does. 
Um, and that's all you can do is, is tracking through different campaigns you're running. Um, so, you know, marketing will create like a campaign code using their marketing technology and load it into their CRM. Very similar. Um, was noticing, so in an essence, you're, you're tagging any company or prospect you're going after with a specific strategy or campaign you're going after. Um, and that's how you can actually see what's working, what's not, how much revenue you're bringing in based on that one idea, just like marketing would. Um, in, in a, it's been very, very successful, this process, mainly because it, it's, when you're doing outbound, it can be a lot of sales reps or BDRs, SCRs, it can be a lot less efficient and there's not a lot of structure into it. So by building in that structure of, you know, showing that we're going to go after this one idea, just focusing your attention just on that and just running two or three campaigns at once. And then you can track and see how well it's doing. Um, really drives a lot more results, um, but also getting people to come up with their own ideas. So it creates, you know, it really brings out creativity um, as well, but then also being able to work with marketing. So I would say, think about it when you're running your outbound campaigns, think about sales and your sales development organization. When you're running your own campaigns through campaign codes and tracking the success of it, think about that as a testing ground for marketing. We've been setting up this process where it's, you know, we're going to take our top three outbound marketing, you know, outbound campaigns that we're tracking. And we can see like it drove in this much revenue and let's get real money behind it and scale it across the business. And we bring it to marketing saying we, there's evidence and it's proven that this will work without any, you know, backed money. Um, and then you're giving, you're handing marketing something that's a very predictable uh, initiative versus marketing, not having visibility in, in trying out a new idea and might fail versus it's highly predictable, it will be successful. Um, and that's, I think, important. It's, you know, finding something that's scalable and repeatable and predictable. And that's why I say, like, using this methodology um, and framework has been really, really effective and, you know, uniting both organizations, but also giving structure to how you run your day and, and, and your prospecting day. Um, but I think when you're outbound and you just have, like, a long list, it can be very... Uh, overwhelming, honestly, yeah. but if you're just structured to let's say, you know, the next two weeks, I'm just going to run this idea and then track it as I go. And, and you can update as you go. It's going to give, going to drive way more results. Yeah. It's just less monotonous and a little more fun, you know, for the reps too. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. No, it's true. I mean, it's, it's the, once we started this, honestly, the morale for the team is skyrocketed because everyone yeah. you get, then once you get investment of someone when you're invested in your own idea so someone comes with you and pitches you your own idea they're more willing in in to, to work on it and more invested and, and motivated because they want their own idea to be successful so you know having them come to you as a manager i'll have you know a list these are the four requirements you know come to me with your idea why are you why, why do you think this idea is going to be successful and what evidence do you have to support this and who are like the people the prospects you're going to go after um and then have them run with it, come up with their own messaging, and then we, we collaborate on. So it really, it, it creates a organic, um, you know, it creates organic collaboration uh, between the team, which I think has been really, really positive. Yeah. No, I love that, man. Is there anything else that we missed that I didn't ask you about when it comes to that campaign? Oh, the customer connection campaign? Yeah. I think in terms of the customer connection campaign, I think it's just really knowing the one big notice thing we have learned about it um, 
is just making sure you actually, you know, understand how to tell that story when you're, when you're, when you're pitching it over the phone with customers um, or prospects you're going after, let's say, um, because sometimes they may not know who they are, you know, in an ideal world that you want them to know who the, you know, the person you're referring to is, or like the prospect. Um, but sometimes they may not. So I think understanding how to pivot and handle that objection is really, really important. Yeah. Is there anything that, uh, when it comes to objections, is there anything that you coach your reps around how to tackle certain objections, frameworks for it, any, anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think always having a customer first mentality. So I always, I always say, you know, pretend that you have everything in the world in your bag to sell, you know, like just pretend you're not just selling the product you're trying to sell. That's my mentality. And when you're having these conversations and they're, you know, objecting to you, you know, offer help. You know, you have so many different partnerships or you might know the right people, you know, maybe what you're trying to pitch them is not the biggest priority. you know, ask them what, what are you having issues with then? You know, like, okay, I can, I can introduce that person to help them right now, because I think if you provide that good customer service first, it's going to be way, way more effective in the long run. It's like, you're planting these great experiences and seeds for the future where yes, they don't really want to talk now, but then what are they having issues with now? Obviously every company has goals, you know, what are they trying to achieve? And that approach has been super effective because then it will come back to you when they are ready. Yeah. Yeah. That customer service mentality. Yeah. yeah. I don't think people really think about that. You know, they talk about it with sales, but especially with outbound where it's like, Hey, super we're important with outbound. And making contact and trying to help people, you know, yeah. sometimes our product is not the thing that it will be most helpful for them right now. Yeah. 100%. I think that's how I live by my outbounding, you know, approach. Super important. Awesome, man. Um, well, dude, this has been great. I'm glad that we really got to unpack the customer connection campaign like we did. I, that, yeah. My biggest takeaway from this, honestly, is the the familiarity piece. It's just like going down this like rabbit hole in this web of who are my customers connected to? And then you start reaching out to those people who are they connected to? Yep. And you have all of these stories that you can start telling that you're doing outbound, but it's not like super cold. You know, leveraging familiarity and some sort of connection. And if you're a decent sized company that's, you know, got a good customer base, I mean, this is like a really, really good strategy that you can use. It's true. I mean, I think because when you're when you're ever doing when you're doing outbound and it's cold, it's like the biggest thing is is trust. You know, that's why someone doesn't want to talk because they don't trust you, obviously. You know, so how do you find the trust built within it? And that's with familiarity of something that is important to them. So yep. it's definitely very, very effective. Love it, man. Um, where can people go to connect with you? What are, what are you up to these days? Where can people follow yeah. you, connect with you, all that good stuff? Oh, of course. Uh, message me. Please ask me questions. I'm super passionate about you know strategy. Happy to chat or about outbound and strategy uh, via LinkedIn is always a great, great place. Yeah, so make sure to check out Jason's LinkedIn profile. We'll link it up in the show notes. And I appreciate you coming on today, man. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. Yeah, my biggest takeaway from this 
had a great conversation with Jason was really thinking about this familiarity piece. How can you bring more familiarity into what you're doing with outbound? So how can you really talk about your prospects, customers, their partners, their distributors, manufacturers, the technology that they might use and who you partner up with? How can you bring something in there that they're likely to recognize so that there's an element of some sort of trust there? So that was my biggest takeaway. I appreciate you tuning in to the show today. My one ask is that if you know one person that you think would get value from this episode, I would love it if you share it with them. It helps us grow the show. It means a lot to me personally that if you get some value out of this, that someone else could get some value out of it too. I don't get paid to do this podcast. It does generate business for me. Don't get me wrong. But the act of doing this, I, re I really do it to help people. So if you could share it with someone that you uh, think would find some value in this, I'd really appreciate it. And uh, that's all I got for today. We'll see you next episode.